It's Russ and it is John and we are bringing it to you live from the streets of New York. And uh, you know what? I should be a little bit more atmospheric with this intro because you're in for a very atmospheric, gritty, intense, mysterious, sexual, provocative, stupid as hell mini episode of Mad About Mad About You. Here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's mad about, mad about you. Hi, welcome. When you keep you keep going. I, welcome to Mad About Mad About You. It's your Mad About You recap podcast. I am Russ Fader, and I'm John Marbley, and we have a mini sode for you, where um, John and I. We've talked a great deal throughout the year plus about our deep and abiding love uh, for uh, Paul Reiser. And we do not show nearly enough affection for Helen Hunt. That's Russ's opinion. I think we do fine. <laughs> I do not. She is... Uh, he walks around with some kind of cloud of guilt over his shoulder nonstop. Hey, did we talk about her enough in the last episode? It's a very good impression of me. <laughs> yeah, um... But no, she's she's. I mean, she's wonderful on the show. She's integral. She's in, uh, one of the two key characters and performers on Mad About You, in my opinion. We've never done a minisode on her, right? Have we done any on? Oh, we did the Paul Reiser concert. Yes, we did his uh, his stand up, um, and we just kind of talk more about him in general. Okay, sure. I, well, that might be true. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to show uh, Helen Hunt some extra love. But we didn't want to show her too much love, so we didn't watch something of hers that's good. What you really want to hear us talk about as good as it gets. We've all seen it a million times. We have. Uh, this show's about finding small gems in the middle of a dirt field. Yeah, that's the Hidden th- gems. That's the saying. <laughs> small gems in a dirt field. Well, where are the gems hidden, Russ? <laughs> in, a, in a haystack. Oh, really? Yeah, trying to find a gem in a haystack. You know, right? uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, they'll prick you just as sharply. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, gosh, now I'm thinking about Oz. There was this intense line from the first season of Oz where they were like, you know how to find a needle in a haystack? Burn the haystack. He's like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Russ, we're not doing the Oz podcast yet. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> well, now it's going to be six years from now. <laughs> so. I must wait. But anyway. So what do we recap, Russ? What do we find? We found, so I sent Russ three, I looked up Helen Hunt's old resume on IMDb, and I picked three things that I could also find on YouTube to watch. I sent Russ three options. He picked, I, f- I don't even remember what they were. One was like a, a, a Well, we'll save them. Yeah. We'll, get to we'll them do later. all three eventually. He picked one called The Hitchhiker. Yeah. The Hitchhiker, which um, was a show on HBO. And then USA. Did you see that? I did see that it was then on USA. Uh, it premiered. It was on HBO and some Canadian television show. Am I right? First choice in Canada. And uh, yeah, it aired in uh, on HBO from 1983 to 1987. So this was 
an HBO episode, not a USA episode. Decidedly so, yes. Do you think also because we see human breasts and they say the <laughs> F word a lot and show <laughs> drug use in an explicit fashion? Well, you're kind of blowing up the episode, but yeah, that's those are just some of the things that we get to cover in this episode, guys. The, de- the description of this show from Wikipedia, yeah. if I may. Please. It says each episode is introduced and concluded by a mysterious wanderer known as the Hitchhiker and explores the foibles of humanity and its dark spirit. The title character was played by Nicholas Campbell from 1983 to 84 and Paige Fletcher from 84 to 91. That's who we saw. Yes, and um, it makes it makes me furious. This is an anthology show, and it makes me so mad that you now have seen an episode of The Hitchhiker before seeing The Twilight Zone. Because this is just doing what The Twilight Zone does. I don't know what you mean. You mean because it's a one-off? Yes, it's a one-off. It's episodic, where it's just like, it's a self-contained anthology. It begins with, it begins and ends with a narrator speaking, just speaking directly Oh, in The Twilight Zone, does the guy say half a line and then that's his entire part in the show? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Rod Serling at the beginning of the Doesn't he episode. say more and ask some questions? No, he's just like, here's what's going on with John Marbley. Was That's a- already too much. <laughs> this hitchhiker, <laughs> the opening credits are the hitchhiker wandering through the desert yeah. where you definitely need a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and then the episode starts with him in the middle of the city. Yes. Like, he must have gotten that ride. Yes. It's, he has no purpose in the show. No, that's neither does Rod Serling. It's just to introduce Rod Serling introduces it. This guy doesn't even introduce it really. Yeah, he does. Not really. Well, not in, well, this is that's because this show is terrible and that's the point. <laughs> that's not true. That- <laughs> also, he does nothing useful. No, of course he doesn't. He's only there almost to establish the fact that, oh, we are now in a place that you need <laughs> yeah, a car to get yeah. to from the desert. Yeah, this is a television show. That's yeah. what he's doing. I hitchhiked to a place. <laughs> The show happens at a place. <laughs> Welcome to Not Avoid. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to The Hitchhiker, the show that has nothing to do with hitchhiking. Yeah, basically. Uh, so so this episode that we watched of The Hitchhiker was called Why Are You Here? <laughs> and that sentence comes up a lot in this episode. It focuses on... The character's name was Jerry Rudock. Am I right? Rulock. Rulock. Yes. Uh, Played by Brad Davis. Yes, Brad Davis. Do you know him? I I looked him up a little bit. He was on uh, the star of Midnight Express. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have not. Me neither. Yeah. Do you know what it's about? Nope. It's about a, a guy smuggling narcotics and ends up in a Turkish prison, oh sort of like Broke Down Palace, but with a guy with in the seventies. Holy cow! And uh, he won the Golden Globe. I didn't know this. There used to be a Golden Globe for best. Uh, uh, de- actor debut. I didn't know that either. I I remember seeing that written. On Isn't that the, fun? On Wikipedia. That is fun. Here's another interesting thing. Uh, well, a tragic thing. He died from AIDS yes. in 1991. Yes. Right out, like just four years after this episode, he was in his 40s. Yes. He also. Uh, I'll I'll we'll come back around to that in just a moment because he was also in. Did you see any of his other credits? Uh, yes, but I don't know what you're gonna say. Well, he was in the Normal Heart. Wait, he was? Yes, he was the lead in The Normal Heart. On Wait. Uh, Off-Broadway. Oh, you looked up his theater resume? No, it was on the Wiki- his Wikipedia Oh, I didn't look at his Wikipedia yeah. page. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, Larry Kramer's A Normal Heart. Yes, he was the At lead. the public theater. Yes. Uh, and he uh, he died of AIDS in the early 90s. 
Um, and so, yeah, but he was like, look, he is not very good in this episode, I don't think. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I? I be? disagree. You disagree? Fair enough. I did not care much for his performance. Just to get this out there, I loved this episode of television. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever seen, and I've seen terrible things. Jen's going to break up with me because I made her watch this. You're wrong. <laughs> also, look, I will say I liked it more. I watched it twice, um, and I liked it more today uh, the second time around. But uh, there, there are other reasons for that. But um, he, um, Brad Davis took a lot of TV movie roles towards the end of his life in bad things like this and other uh, other, <laughs> other pieces. Um, and people are just kind of like, yeah, because he was trying to make money to pay for... Uh, well, yeah, he had a wife and kid. Yeah, had a wife and kid, yes. Plus the wife, yeah. weirdly enough, mm-hmm. Susan Bluestein, the casting director for NCIS Los Angeles. Get out of town. Do you know this woman? I guess so. <laughs> she cast me, I guess. Nice. I don't remember. It was such a fast audition. Amazing. I don't remember. Amazing. This is great. So you, you got to get her on the horn. Ask yeah. All your Brad Davis questions. <laughs> I would do a hitchhiker podcast any day of the we'll, week. We'll, we'll make it happen before that Oz crap. <laughs> so, so you you love this show? I loved this. Whatever it is, it's a short film, sort of. Really? Yes. It was bananas. It was this episode. Brad Davis plays, like we said, Jerry Rudolph. He is the, the AKA Duke of Night. The Duke of Night on the show Night Sight. So he's the host of a TV show where he go it's exposé style. He's going undercover of the seedy underbelly of cities. And that's what happens here. And it's Yeah, it's 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 well it's like it's verite. Yes, it is it is an early it, it's it's shot like the Blair Witch project. Before uh, they figured out how to make it good, in my opinion. <laughs> what? Yeah. Before they figured out how to... Uh, look, I'm not saying that they invented Verite. Wait, what do you mean before they figured out how to make it good? What do you mean? You're talking about the reboot no, being good? No, no, I'm talking about how to do, like, uh, handheld camera stuff and uh, have it be fixed. Russ, I got news for you. Verite was a popular documentary style in the 60s, my friend. I don't think that's true. It is true. Of course it is. <laughs> that's how Cassavetti shut his movies, too, a lot of the time. Cool. Uh, I would have loved for him to have worked on this episode because what I saw was uh, not good. We should we should flush the episode out a little for people. Yes. Right? So it's a lot of... We are watching what the cameras of... What's the show called? Uh, it is called Night Sight. We're watching what the cameras are capturing. So it's not an edited version of Night Sight for broadcast. We're watching what they're filming in real time. Right. In a nightclub in the late mid to late 80s. Yes. And we don't know where the nightclub is. It feels like Los Angeles, maybe. Sure. And, uh, you know, so we beat a bunch of eccentric people. Yes. Uh, one woman with a lizard. She's holding a lizard and licking it. Yep. She's, she's licking a gigantic iguana. And, uh, yeah, we meet somebody. He goes up. Oh, oh, first of all, okay, so a lot of what he does, most of what he does in this episode is to snap and point at the camera, saying, as it's to say, hey, shoot this. Yes, and then it, you'll get a little vignette for, like, a minute, and then it'll bleep, like yep. the film cut, and then we'll pick back up somewhere else in the club. Yeah, and he's looking right at the camera, points, snaps, hey, shoot this. 
And he calls his camera people, his camera women, bunnies. I missed that, but yes. Yeah, because I said they're credited, and I was like, oh, that's a weird term. Is that eight, like, from the era? And, and no, it's the name of their characters in the episode. Yes. Gotcha. Um, and, yeah, he's he's out to capture glamour and danger. Yes, as he tells us over and over again by saying glamour, danger. Yeah. Glamour, danger. <laughs> Oh, man. And he keeps asking people, why are you here? Yeah, it's his favorite question. And nobody wants to answer it. Yeah, or if they do, uh, it's like, oh, why am I here? Oh, well, I came here to get these socks. Socks! There's a guy there, a guy in his early 20s. Who looks just like the Cobra Kai kid from Karate Kid. He sure does. And he's there from St. Louis. And they're like, oh, you came here from St. Louis? They don't have music and clubs? He's like, oh, they don't have these socks, man. They got these Also, Russ, I think part of the answer is because he's on drugs probably. Oh, that's also true. Everybody's very on drugs in this entire episode. Do you uh, have any favorite lines? Because I have two. I sure do. Uh, one of them, get, get your sensors ready. Let's everybody. do a line off. Okay. You can bleep it a little. Yeah. No, I can't because it's integral. Well, I, I'm going to have to bleep it then, right? Well, no, that's fine. Because well, I don't want to bleep it. I'll handle this. All right. So Jerry walks up to a woman at a bar uh, at the club and says, Hi, Jerry Rulock, Duke of Night. And you are? And this woman says, F off. And then he says, And why are you here, Miss Off? And then... She just screams in his face. It's amazing. It's so strange. It's the weirdest thing. It's I I, I don't I don't get it. It's, it's Here's a line an exchange I love, which is in the bathroom when he wanders into the bathroom where just everyone's doing like coke yes. on the countertop. Oh my god, I know it. And he sort of starts talking to this one guy doing a, putting a ton of makeup on his face who yep. seems to be our Virgil, yes. our guide through this evening of hedonism. Uh, Jerry tells him. I'm just looking for a psycho nympho rockin' devil worshiper. And the guy turns to him and goes, Oh, perfecto bingo, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. That's after he says, I think this is the same guy. I'm not positive. There's a guy in the bathroom applying makeup to himself. And he just kind of says, No, there's only two kinds of people in this world. Yes. PLOs and PLUs. People like others and people like us. What the hell? Who's ever described anybody as people like others? That is backwards talk and nonsense. You don't get it? I get it. Well, then I guess you're people like others. (laughs) Because I'm a total PLU. Well, now because as he defines it, a PLU is someone who's in on the joke. Yes, and what's the joke? I can't tell you. You should be able to get it. I think there's a, isn't there a line about what the joke is? I don't remember. It's it's very close to that crap that you just said to me. <laughs> he also comments about one guy. Uh, oh, what's he say? His 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 Willie get got bent. Yeah. Yeah, something about his willy getting bent. Here's my favorite. So what happens is this Virgil, he's like, hey, there's a secret club we can go to. Right. And in this secret club, we meet, we meet Helen Hunt. Donette is her name. Yes, her Donette. Na- yeah, you heard us right. Her name is Donette. She's a young, rich party girl who is just out on the town. And uh, when we first go to that new restaurant, yep. uh, 
he says to Jerry says to the camera, "Perfecto, bingo! We are inside the secret club in this dump. The Duke of Night is not a turkey. Smell that glamour and danger now!" <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> we, I, I hate God. Do I hate to backpedal on this heap? But uh, before we, we of brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> Before we leave the first location, there's a couple making out. And Jerry says to them, I give up. Why are you here? And then the girl just gets up and... She doesn't get up. She, she doesn't get... She, she leans back. She opens her top. And uh, the guy just grabs her boobs and goes back to making out. And that's their answer for why are they here. Yeah, man. <laughs> You are such a PLO. <laughs> I feel like a real PLO, John. <laughs> Your Yasser Air effect. That's how PLO you are. I'm like, you're going to get me excommunicated if I keep saying these yeah, things. Yeah, you're the Jewish yeah. Yasser Air effect. I'm the Jewish member of the PLO. Boy, oh boy, where's Jane Fonda? That <laughs> sounds like a rap lyric. You know, I'm a Jewish member of the PLO. <laughs> you don't listen to a lot of rap, do you? I don't. <laughs> is that a rap by the Fabulous Finkel brother? <laughs> it's a hot one. <laughs> Was that a rap by Rob Thomas and Santana? Yeah. God. They really did it. No. Oh. I, you think I made that up in the last episode? No, they really did it. I, I forgot you saying that they did that. That's amazing. So, so we meet Helen Hunt. We meet Donette. She is sitting at a table doing the Lord's work. She is. She's holding court. She is excellent in this episode. She really is. She does a very good job. Uh, stunning. Very, a very, very good job. I would describe her, if I may. Uh, okay, I'm going to go on a whole little mini thesis. I'm going to June Diane Ray feel a little this <laughs> this Please. episode of TV. It really feels like the precursor, the spiritual precursor, to Paul Thomas Anderson's The Dirk Diggler Story. His verite style short film, and essentially a pre a prequel to Boogie Nights, and Helen Hunt feels like a young Julianne Moore's character almost in this episode. That is very good. I like that a lot. Uh, well done. Yes, she she's very good in this, and <laughs> that's all I got. But yeah, no, that's that's very astute, John. It's shot in a very. I mean, there's so many interesting, weird shots that sort of very intentionally pick up weird things that we're meant to see but feel accidental. Here, Yes, absolutely. Here, Here's something that probably hindered my enjoyment the first time around. There are two different uh, tapes. There are two different recordings of this episode available on YouTube. The first one, the camera moves a lot more, and I'm not sure why. I like there are camera moves inside the camera moves to the point where Jen and I were like, we're getting nauseous watching this. And the ta the recording that I watched today, I watched a second one, and it was far more static, and everything seemed more deliberate. So that's weird. So I I spent a lot of time being like, is this a choice or is this YouTube being screwy? I don't know which one I watched. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's. So everybody, watch the second one. Not no, the watch one. both. <laughs> um, this is out on DVD, by the way. 
It is. Yeah, yeah. no, I might buy it. <laughs> now you this is what my life is like. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you get it. Yeah. <laughs> this show's fascinating to me. So, Helen Hunt is sitting, she's sniffing the whole time having done coke. Um <laughs> And after they talk, she talks, she tells her story for a little while. This is Eugene O'Neill style direction. <laughs> Sniffing whole time because she'd done coke. Because having had done coke. Having had done coke. Um, if it was Eugene O'Neill, it would be like, her blue eyes sparkled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, with the fragments of mirrors having been smashed in her, in her youth. Can we jump to the next enormous hard twist in this episode? Right away. We run, we, we, so we go outside the club, and it's decided that we're going to be going back to Helen Hunt's character's house. Right. Uh, to party more. Yes. But first... Before we get there, somebody yells something. Bum out! There's a bum out in the alley. What a bum out is, is that a homeless person is dying. And Helen Hunt needs to get there because she collects... Last words. The quote is, she's a fanatic for bum outs. Oh, she collects last words. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamite quotation. <laughs> Thank you for tightening that up. Russ, you don't think that's interesting for I, a character? I I think that is interesting for a character. I think that is delivered very uh, poorly. And in un- you, you said it was a crazy left turn. It is, but it was exhilarating. <laughs> I was not exhilarated. This whole episode is also very, like, it reminds me of, uh, you ever see After Hours? Uh, I have not, but I, I can, I, I know of it. Yeah, it's yes. Griffin Dunn's descent into the dark, like, yeah. seedy underbelly of Soho. Yeah, uh, that's a Scorsese, right? Yeah. Probably a little bit better than this? A little. <laughs> I, I, I'll bet it is. Um, so yeah, so, um, sadly, tragically, they arrive too late to get the bum's last words, but she says the the best last words she ever heard were blah blah blah. Or if this was shot more recently, yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that? Because yeah, she's like, isn't that great? It means nothing. It's his last words, and it means nothing. And now it would be like, he said yada yada yada. You know, like that Seinfeld episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be like if Susan yada yada on her deathbed. Um. So, yeah, Jerry... And Susan's last words to George were, George, I yada, yada, yada. yada, yada. <laughs> George, uh, we were going to get married, yada, yada, yada. I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> well, that's pretty clear. <laughs> so, um, so Jerry thinks that he is the star of the story. Yes, that's what happens. That's the evolution. You're right. He He's trying to be a documentarian, but he ends up as the main subject. Yes, and that's how he wants it. He's yelling about it. Yeah, he becomes more and more demanding as the show goes on. We go back to their mansion. Yep. And it's just sort of this weird party, and we're wandering around this mansion, and people are doing drugs. And Jerry takes the camera himself at one point. Yes, that's when it becomes... Well, that's when it becomes also very cool, because we see Jerry... We... we Oh, here comes a little music. Here we go. <laughs> we can't let's, afford. Let's get into it for a second. <laughs> I wanted to ask him why he was here. <laughs> we should. Oh man. Oh. Uh, wh- what's clever is the the last scene takes place in a bathroom. So while Jerry's holding the camera, you can see him in the reflection of the mirrors. Yes, that is an interesting element. I guess. Yes, for sure. It is. Yes. 
But um, before the bathroom scene. It's not interesting. No, uh, it is because <laughs> no, Helen yeah. Hunt. Helen Hunt, yeah. Helen Hunt delivers a, uh, 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 a poorly written monologue. It's not poorly. It reminded me so much of... Uh, the oh, what's the the girl who's the the daughter of the game show host I in Magnolia? Say that. Claudia. Yes, Claudia in from Magnolia. Magnolia. Um, it's so similar, Russ. It's like just flowing, like sadness. She doesn't know how to articulate it. It's, it is, it is that spirit of a character. <laughs> except whereas Paul Thomas Anderson is a genius, especially at screenwriting. Agreed. This person is bad at it. Disagreed. And so what he says is. Here's what Helen Hunt says. By the way, I have a note before this, which is nothing's happening. That's my. Note. Couldn't disagree more. <laughs> so, atmosphere. At- atmosphere. Also, Jerry maybe agrees with you because he says <laughs> during that time, "Hurry it up, puffball! Clock's running." There you go. See, me and Jerry, simpatico, baby. Um, so <laughs> she says, "Do you know what it feels like to feel sad?" When I feel sad, I start to feel sad within the sad. It's like a real private sadness. I start to feel sad inside that sadness. Nobody can be in the sadness but me, alone. Make love to me, please. That's how that goes. And guess what the line after make love to me, please is? What's the line? You don't remember? Uh, Christine and I almost fell oh, off our seats. Me. I can't remember. He says something. Make love. No, she, she says it again. Yeah, oh, Make love right. to me. Yeah, right. Daddy. Yeah, I didn't want to get to that part. And she says it a few times. Oh, it's bad. And all of that is in uh, its point of view because Jerry's holding the camera. Yes, it's all POV. She's laying back on the bed and taking her dress off. And she's starting to cry. Yes. Like she's. we see her face and she is crying. She's broken. Helen, Helen Hunt had to do... Like so much, so much. She had to do like sense memory work. Well, we don't know her process. We don't, but she had to tap into real feelings. Not necessarily. Meisner works from the imagination. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. You're right. Uh, we don't know her process. You're absolutely right. She had to work through things. She sure did. <laughs> for. On on the on during the monologue that I just read to Her you. Her performance is amazing. It's I think she's really very and good. Don't you you don't understand what she means by the sadness within the sadness? I know what she means. Exactly. <laughs> Look, you can know what I mean <laughs> based on garbage. You've done gobbledygook exercises where you're not saying any words. Sure, sure, sure. And but there's emotion behind it, so you know what they mean. That doesn't make it good writing. <laughs> That's true. Other things do. <laughs> no, no. I don't... Listen, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I do think this is 25 minutes of very interesting film. I thought you were just going to say, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I do know that this is 25 minutes. <laughs> you don't think it's interesting? Like, you didn't feel... You didn't feel anything? Sadness? You didn't laugh at all? I'm sure I laughed at least once. I think I laughed at Make Love to Me. Because it came so oh, out of nowhere. Oh, no, that was heartbreaking. Um, How ba- so, so what happens is that's interrupted. Yes. They're about to do it. Yes. Thank God waiting, they don't. They've been, waiting for the, they've been waiting for the Greek to arrive. Yes, the, Greek the Greek was supposed to arrive after 20 minutes. It's two hours later. That typical heroin dealer. Yes. Always late. Always late. And uh, as, as they go down to meet the heroin dealer, I love this, and this is such a Paul Thomas Anderson-style joke, the camera picks up 
just some random guy in the house who looks at the camera yes. and goes, hey, is that 16 or 30, 35? Yeah, he's asking about millimeter film. Yeah, the format he's shooting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. That's a, that, that's a, that's a laugh out loud line. I like that bit. Sure. Uh, so Helen Hunt gets her drugs. <laughs> And goes, she goes up to the bathroom. Where, yeah, where we see all the mirrors. Where there's all the mirrors. And she gives the baggie to her. Uh, and at this point, I'm saying to Jen, are we going to see Helen Hunt shoot heroin? You, baby, you bet we are. <laughs> I said the same thing to Christina. Bingo, baby. Yeah, bingo, baby. Uh, So, yeah, we see. I'm like, no this, turkey. This guy, <laughs> This guy has a spoon. Makeup guy. Yeah, makeup guy has a spoon. Russ, he has a spoon because he's a heroin dealer. Yeah, he has a or a uh, heroin I'm not, uh, user. I'm not questioning his motives or, or the the reasoning why. I know Oh, why. I see. I see. I'm flabbergasted at what's about to happen. Yeah, he's got the spoon, In the cord, eyes. the yeah. needle. Yeah, so he heats up this heroin uh, while she ties off. If you guys want to watch Helen Hunt tie up, like... Wrap elastic around her arm. John, we have to put a trigger warning for drug use at the beginning of this episode of a Mad About You podcast. I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very gritty scene. And they mask the needle really well. They do. But it's a very gritty. And she, her reaction to when it enters her bloodstream is very upsetting because it, she's in such ecstasy. Yes. It, it, um... She's she's committed. She's committed. I'm not sure, based on other depictions of on screen. I've never. No, seen, I know. I've, I've never, never seen anyone shoot up. Either. I've never seen anyone shoot up. Full disclosure. That's I've never that's seen our life. That's our life. We've never seen that. Okay. No judgment. Yeah. No judgment. Um, we don't know how people really react. Hers right. is over the top for what we've seen on TV. Yes, I knew, and I understand heroin to be a depressant. Oh, yeah, that's true. She seems to be pretty psyched up by the thing. But then she sort like, also, it was hard to tell if she was maybe going to OD. Like, her body just sort of does a lot of things. Yes, Jen thought that she was going to OD, and I agree. Like, I thought her heart was going to explode. Right. But, speaking of heart explosions. Yes, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry! For no reason, except, look, I know there's no reason for this to happen ever, ever for anybody, but... <laughs> yeah, Russ, when a guy has a heart attack, you're like, hey, why is he having a heart attack? <laughs> why would you do that? Russ, call 911. Yeah, I will, but, <laughs> but why? hi, 911, this guy's having a heart attack. I don't know why, don't but he's why. having a heart attack. Jerry has a heart attack at the end of this uh, show, and uh, they turn the camera around on him. A guy comes in, yells, it's another bum out, a double bum out night. You got some real funny, I bet you got some real funny last words, TV head. Bum out city. And then he shoots him, right? I don't know. He does not shoot him. I don't think he shoots him. Uh, I think he does. I thought he well, just so this shot is what's confusing. a gun in the air, and he had a fatal oh, heart attack. Oh, that's... Because he shot the gun in the air in the alley He doesn't kill also. anyone. Right. He just likes to shoot guns when right. people die. 80s, baby. Like a military <laughs> yeah, style yes, funeral. Yes, he gives him a 21 gun <laughs> yeah. salute. Yeah, so he dies on the bathroom floor. And the yeah. film sort of like flickers out. The real yeah. flickers out at the perfect moment. Yeah. If you were wondering, by the way, Jerry's last words are, my heart, get help. So there you go. And they don't. Yeah, they don't. They do not. Uh, and then we, we see. Then we see the hitch. Oh, the, this, Christina laughed at this. Yeah, we go back to the outdoors where we uh, we go back to the initial, initial shot. 
uh, where we've, we see his uh, Jerry's uh, birth and death dates on television. Yeah, 47 to 87. No, 48 to 87. Yeah. And the hitchhiker delivers to camera, Jerry Rulak wanted to make the world think he cared, but the only story that mattered to him was his own. In the end, he wound up being his own sensational headline. Now, that doesn't mean anything. That is true. That's why I hate the hitchhiker. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but I love everything between him. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is bananas, everybody. It's one of you the most interesting <laughs> things I just, like, ran up. It's also, so Russ texted me after he'd watched it. Yep. And he just implied that it was insane. And I thought that was hysterical. Because when we started watching it, I thought, how funny to imagine Russ and Jen sitting down, not knowing at all what they're about to watch, and watching this. Well, I kind of, like, I knew, I, look, I knew it was called The Hitchhiker. I knew it was 25 minutes I long. I thought it was going to be a little it, creepy and goofy. You know what I mean? I, yeah, you know what? Yes, it was more intense. I didn't expect there to be so many four-letter words. I expected at least uh, 75% less heroin injections. Yeah. On screen. I, it's gritty, man. It's P.T. Anderson. It's a precursor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. You know, look, here's something. Look, I, I, I know you're not joking. You may be wrong. You may be right. I agree. It's the right time. You know about his dad? Yeah. Yeah, his dad. I forget. But, he, yeah, he's in show business. I know that. He used to be uh, Goulardi. Who's who, that? I, back in the, I think, 40s or 50s, Goulardi hosted... He he did. He was like the uh, the hitchhiker. Oh, really? For show, yeah. Where it would be like you're gonna have a creep night, and we're gonna show old spooky movies. Oh, interesting. And he hosted it. He would introduce the shows. He would bring things to commercials. He would bring the shows out. Uh, and so, like spooky B movies, were his dad's thing. So that's where he's coming up. Right. And then this happens. Yeah. So, it, there, there may well have been something. And this is only a couple years before the Dirk Diggler story, I think. John, or at the same time. John, I think I love this show. <laughs> You've done it. I'm telling you. Have you seen the Dirk Diggler story? It's on YouTube. I have. It's very good. It's amazing. It's, it's all a camcorder on a tripod almost the whole time. It's very good. Uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. This... If we ever get him on the podcast. <laughs> we'll ask him for Peter Falk stories. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if. Uh, any of Boogie Nights was uh, based on The Hitchhiker. I got some bad news for you, Rise Guys and Rise Gals. If we ever get Helen Hunt on this podcast, we are only talking about this. Talk about. This and maybe the other two pieces of garbage that we're waiting to watch on YouTube. They're not necessarily garbage. <laughs> you, okay, so here's the one last weird thing before yeah. we go. There, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. There's a guy named Jerry Rio. I don't know. Who was on, like, I think... New York Public Access. Okay. And there are videos on YouTube of him going to nightclubs with a microphone and camera and asking scandalous questions to the clubbers. Really? Yeah. Like, are you two girls bisexual? Okay. Uh, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Hey, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? So he's doing Howard Stern, except less, uh, not as not as good. I guess, but I like to think of him as doing Jerry Rurock, <laughs> or whatever his name is, Rubach. <laughs> Jerry Rubik's Cube. Isn't that weird, though? Yeah. But it's it's in the 90s. First I thought, oh, is this based on him? But it's not. Probably not. Uh, but also maybe. 
the timeline doesn't make sense. Look, if I spent way too long today trying to figure out if the timeline made sense. If PT Anderson based Boogie Nights on this, then this could be based on that uh, public access guy. It could be because up is down and left is right. I mean, Jerry, <laughs> follow the Jerry. Follow the Jerry. Oh gosh, John. Uh, so yeah, Helen Hunt, uh, we love you. We really do. And my God, yeah. are you a great actress? Gen- like one, uh, I never, I never second guessed her for a second. In Me this. neither. Uh, like for for as up and down and bananas as yeah, you want to talk range. Is. She's great. She's fantastic. Is, you've never seen her play a role like yeah. this. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's worth look. It's worth it for all of the reasons that you can imagine. It would be worth it to watch this, uh, and it's only twenty five minutes, uh, and you'll feel every minute of it. But uh, but Helen Hunt is is legitimately very good in this. Yeah. Um, so check it out. Check it out for our girl Jamie Buckman shooting heroin uh, in uh, in a bathroom. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 really something. A thing to see. Well. That's it. That's it. That's it for this mini-sode. Uh, uh, tw- uh, listen, tweet at us. at Mad- You can tweet at us at MadAboutYouPod. Uh, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Mad About, Mad About You, on Stitcher, pre- uh, Stitcher Normal. Yeah. Premium. They just say on the podcast a lot, so I'm used to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Just Normal Stitcher. <laughs> uh, uh, on Facebook at MadAboutYouPod. You can email us, MadAboutYouPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, help us get those reviews out. We're doing the 50 by 50 campaign, which yep. means 50 reviews by the time we get 50 reviews. Yep. Uh, and we, we they keep inching up. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. We're, we're almost at our halfway point. Loving it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we've got a theme song. It goes like this. It is by John D. Ivy. Thank you so much, John. We have a logo, which is gorgeous. It is by Nathan Diffie. You can find him on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you very much, Nathan. Normally, this sounds mixed by Vuk Ivanovic, but this is a podcast verite, not mixed by anyone, including me. <laughs> hey, John, why are you here? Ah! <laughs> Thanks so much, Rise Guys and Rise Gals. I'm Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And this, this is, is what, what we're saying. saying.